Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Our partners on BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even the next season's futures. And don't forget the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source of all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and betting favorite Vegas casinos and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today and use your mobile device. Join and use our promo BLEAV. That's BLEAV. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online for the game starts. Welcome back. Welcome back to An Athlete's Journey. I am a host, Travis Reed, on the Believe Network. Uh, today, we got a special guest. She is big time. <laughs> she is a person that is a published author and is going off the chains. People, trust me. We'll talk about the book, you know, later on in the show. But she is doing her thing. She is a former athlete, but she is doing so many different things. We have to talk about it. I recently met her and I was like, she instantly became my best friend. <laughs> so, Boy. you know, uh, her name is Samantha Carr. And introduce yourself. Well, thank you for having me, first and foremost. And uh, I concur, we definitely are best friends. You're stuck <laughs> with me for life now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with it. I'm with it. Same here, same here. You know, I'm definitely with it. Um, well, we're going to get right into it. You know, how did, how did your uh, journey journey start in sports? So I, I have an older sister, but sports for me has always been a solitude, my place where it's my voice or reason, my escape at a very young age. So it was roughly around like six years old and I was playing like t-ball and then it was just back to back. It became then competitive at eight years old. And I never had a summer off until I was, what, maybe 23 years old, right? I didn't know wow. life outside of it, right? So my whole life was defined through my sports, right? Predominantly softball. I had an affinity for volleyball and, and other sports that I tried, but there's something about softball that clicked. Mm -hmm. The hand-eye coordination. And, and from that point at like six years old, the runway was just so clear. The vision was straight on. And I never felt like I had to give up anything. It was just like a part of my DNA. Mm, mm, interesting. Now, I was just about to ask you, were you interested in other sports? But you said volleyball was mm -hmm. the main sport you were interested in. Okay. Okay. Did you play like AAU growing up or did you play park ball or you just play in the park? How, mm -hmm. how did that go? I definitely played in the park. <laughs> um, <laughs> You can't, you can't take that out. You know, that's where you really learn a lot of, you know, critical foundational sports skills that you really can't teach. You learn. Right. So I, I definitely did that. And then at eight years old, I got into the competitive realm and I started in what was previously called NSA National Softball Association. And then I ultimately got to ASA gold, which would be equivalent to, you know, in basketball, AAU, you know, the, the upper echelon of, you know, travel ball. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, it was great because by the height of being an ASA gold, I was flying out to play for a team in Virginia from Florida because I'm originally from Miami, Florida. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of players. I mean, that was a stacked lineup. I mean, we had people from Stanford, Mississippi State, UF, 
Alabama, Michigan. It, it just was a team that clicked and we won a national championship. So oh, wow. like I said, yeah, it, it's part of my DNA. I think if we were like the first East Coast team to win it. Don't quote me on it, but I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. Hey, like I said, winning a national championship at such a young age, how did you feel about yourself as a player then? You know, I never thought of myself as an individual and predominantly because, you know, you, you play a sport that's a team sport too. You really can't be single-handed in anything. And even if you're a tennis player, to be honest with you, you have a team around you, right? So even though it's kind of individual aspects to it, you, you always have a team. So for me, I learned early on where I was really strong mm -hmm. and where mm -hmm. I wasn't so strong. And I tried to find ways to bridge that gap. But then I also looked left and right and saw teammates that were more proficient at it. So I knew when to take a back seat and when to take a lead. And mm -hmm. once I started to learn those pieces, that really kind of garnered my ultimate success, which is, you know, you know playing in college and, and ultimately being successful at, at doing that. So nice nice yeah. so obviously you're one of the top players in way you know in your where you where you're from um as far as high schools though did you go to like the best high school in the state as far as your as far as the softball softball program no i actually didn't i went to a college preparatory school mm -hmm. I, I i'm a nerd straight up <laughs> i mean <laughs> i love science i was always academic first and mm -hmm. oh by the way you know, I'm really good at sports and I want to do them both. I don't want one or the other. So like the concept of scholar athlete, I really walked the walk because it was who I was. Mm -hmm. So I went to a college preparatory, all girls Catholic high school. It was the sister school to Christopher Columbus, which is known to be a pretty big powerhouse for uh, baseball um, and football. Mm -hmm. And they compete really well with like St. Thomas Aquinas and some of those like bigger schools. But okay. yeah, it was a pretty small school. I, I maybe had 150, 200 classmates. Oh, wow. So you really went to like a super small school. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was super small, but it enabled me to focus on the academics and then be very intentional with my travel ball. Right. So I played in high school, but for the most part, I was really focused on more of that competitive aspect outside that takes you outside of your state and your okay. county. Okay. Okay. So you was playing obviously AAU in high school the whole way up. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So what was, would you say your most memorable moment in high school was? That is a great question. One of my most memorable moments was scholar athlete of the year. Mm, okay. You know? okay. Um, that for me was pretty cool because you know, you get voted by not only your peer sets, but it, I mean, it was pretty cool because you had other people kind of putting in and judging you. And that's always been one of the rubs I have with anything in, in college in particular. You have a lot of people who are judging that don't really even see you outside of film. So I've always struggled with like, how do you know my accolades and my real skill sets if you've never come to a game? But <laughs> <laughs> I was able to, to take it home. And yeah, I would say that's a pretty memorable one for me. No, of course. That's that's the big, that's like the best athlete in the school, like scholar athlete, you know? You know it. You're not just a dumb jock. That's wonderful. Nah. <laughs> so you're one of the top softball players in, in the state. How do you make your decision for going to college? This one was this one was interesting. So I actually started at Florida, uh, Florida International University, FIU. Okay. I didn't start straight at Pitt. I transferred there. And I transferred there um, to Pitt before the whole transfer portal and, and things that are kind of in play now. And, you know, one of the things is I wanted to get out of the Florida bubble, right? I grew up born and raised in Miami, Florida, and I loved UF. I really wanted to go to UM. UM didn't have a softball program still mm. to this day, which was pretty shocking for me. And uh, I was really looking at Alabama and LSU. Mm -hmm. Those were like my two big ones. And you know, a good learning is I didn't have any peripherals for other schools that I should have that had great programs. Right. Mm -hmm. And it is the naiveness of, you know, I'm an athlete, I'm going, I'm focused, I'm all in, that's what I'm doing. And guess what? It didn't pan out. And it was the best thing that happened to me. And, um, towards my tail end of my freshman year, I transferred to Pitt and I didn't have to sit out a year, which I was very fortunate mm -hmm. uh, to mm -hmm. not have to do that. And, 
for me, it was around what has a good science-based background uh, and research institution coupled with a new program. And Pitt fit that mold because it was new. It was in its probably ninth season when I started. So I wanted to be a part of history and foundational build. So that's that how sense. I got there. Okay, okay. What do you remember about your first year in college and how hard it was too? You know, the academic wasn't so bad. You know, it was the managing the academic with the rigorous schedule of being an athlete. Yes, yes. That's yeah. always that hard. That for yes, yes, hard. I feel like yeah. in college, uh, in high school, you have a little bit more of a structure, so you kind of know what it is. College is like it's basically a job, a job mm -hmm. and a half, where you're getting up at seven. You know, you might you go to class, whatever, from seven to two, yep. practice from three to six. Oh, yeah. You know, seven to nine, study hall. So like, yeah, you're just doing a full time job. <laughs> you are. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's what I remember most when I was in college. We was just bam, 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 you know? Yeah, you didn't have the time to think beyond it. Yes. yes. And that was okay because we live in a routine. We like a routine. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to think, right? Be here at this time, get it done, fit food in between. We, we it, that was life right I mean that's just all we knew mm -hmm. and uh, it's become more rigorous and I wouldn't change it for the world because it, it molded me into where I am now and being able to manage mm -hmm. a multitude of things not at the same time but across a certain period of time effectively to do things 150 percent so teach their own right you struggle through it what's hard yesterday is today's easy so no, that makes that makes a lot of sense to be honest. Like I think people want to know how athletes can be so just this, 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 this. We just taught that from like, you know, college, maybe even before, but like this definitely college on. College yeah. is like straight schedule, you know, eight to you know, seven, eight, eight to nine, ten, eleven, boom, 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 like you said. Oh yeah. So what was the hardest thing from college from high school? The hardest thing in high school. Yeah, from like, you know, the difference between college and high school. You know, like, what's the hardest thing? Well, I was taking some college classes in high school. Oh. On the science okay. side. Right? Okay. So, yeah, I told you I was a science nerd. And uh, that was pretty, I, I was pretty intimidated about it, to be honest, because I was not the smartest one in the room. And I didn't mm -hmm. like that at that period of time. But what I started to realize in college was being in those rooms are the rooms you want to be in. It's very uncomfortable, but that's where you're going to be able to find a way to bridge the gap the right way where people aren't coming down. You're forced to go up because they're at another level, hmm. right? So yeah. for me, that um, inability to like being in those types of rooms early on was a little bit of naiveness and having to learn and being, you know, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then in college, it was like, let me live in uncomfortable. I don't want the game to slow down. Right. And the biggest thing I always say is the difference between a freshman and a sophomore player and a junior and a senior is so simple. It's the ability to be in the game, in the situation at you know, the clock and literally make a mistake and be able to course correct it within game, within the at bat, within, you know, at the free throw line versus a freshman and sophomore, you get in your head, you may be out the game or it takes right. you a half, mm -hmm. right? And that's mm -hmm. really for me, the difference. So I would say that this is same concept in high school and college, right? You think everything is hard. I don't have enough time. And then in college, you start to figure out, well, I have a routine. I've got a block. I know I have to do this. You, you weigh trade-offs. Do I really want to take that nap or do I want to get this done? Right. You start to have a different mentality shift because you're forced into it. That may actually makes a heck of a lot of sense, to be honest. I think, you know, when I, when I was a junior and senior, kind of, you know, the routine that you need to have for college when and I always felt like freshman and sophomore year, uh, I was just running around with a chicken with my head cut off. Now, sophomore wasn't as bad as freshman, but freshman year was just, I was just really like, 
Yeah, you know, where's Carnegie Hall? Oh, it's next to the Buckingham. Oh, yeah. Buckingham is where's Buckingham? This, you know. <laughs> oh, it's it's next to this. Where's that? And you just like, oh my God, you know, I got three minutes to get to class. I don't know where I'm going. I'm running around with chicken with my head cut off, kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, I understand that completely. Um, what would you say your greatest triumph was in college? Oh, this one's the easiest question. When I was in, um, you know, my junior, yeah, it was like my, no, tail end of my junior year. I had to get my, my timeline right. I had a breakout junior year. I mean, breakout. Everything clicked. It felt right. It wasn't difficult. I was making other people better. They were making me better. Postseason play was great, right? So just have that in your mindset. Mm -hmm. And then you get ready to go into your next season to be like, okay, well now I got to repeat it. So they don't think I'm a fad or a fake. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to get the player of the year that I was going up for that. I didn't win. That made me real salty. So I had all this, like, I'm going for it. Right. I mean, you get it. Mm, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Gonna get it. And nothing I do is halfway. So we were playing a game called pepper where you literally throw the ball, you hit it. If it gets popped up, you catch it, you bat. I mean, it just keeps you warm and you keep yourself moving, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I dove for the ball, landed on my neck, snapped it like a chicken bone, and they thought I broke my C1 in my spine, spinal cord. And I went through like a paralysis for about, it felt like 30 seconds, but I think it was probably 15. Complete blackout. They said it was yelling. I got taken off the field. There were three things that I said, and I, I highlight this in my book. It was, you better call my professor. I have a PCHEM test and he needs to know I'm not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, yeah, yeah. You would have to know that okay. you're not going to be able to do the test. Yeah. Well, the second one was you better not cut my uniform off. I want my number and I'm coming back. So if you cut my uniform, that number is not going to be there. And that's not an option. This is when all this is like my neck is completely stabilized and I have no idea it's broken at this time. And the third was don't call my mom. Just like, don't call her. I don't want anyone worried about me and, and whatnot. So oh, it wow. really kind of put me back because I went and got it all checked out. Multiple doctors, multiple headaches, all that kind of stuff. And I was born without it. I was born with a congenital defect where I didn't have it. I wasn't born with it. So all of that happened and I was put back for maybe a month and a half, two months. And think about your neck. It, it's quintessential to like you moving. I mean, it's, you need it and you only have one of it. So I had a really rough go at it off of a awesome year that, you know, it taught me a lot of lessons, but it was humble pie season. Sure. Wow. Wow. That, I mean, that's not beyond humble pie. Well, the second part of that question was what's your greatest failure? Would, would that just take the cake? What's my, say that again with my, what's your, what's your greatest failure in college? Ooh. I'll say yeah. would that, would that take the cake kind of coming off a of monster senior junior year and then but is that a failure? I, I don't think it's a failure. It's a situation I had to kind of get through, mm -hmm. right? You know what I think? I'll, I'll twist it up on you, right? I, I actually think a failure was I tolerated problems instead of failing fast. So, oh, I can help someone. Oh, I can figure this out. Oh, I can change this person. I don't care if it's a teammate. I don't care if it was a relationship. I don't care if it was a classmate or a teacher. I tolerated issues instead of moving on. And what it did was it tied me up for things, quite honestly, that weren't adding value and pouring into my cup the right way. Mm. So for me, mm. that, now that I have a good reflection, that mm. was my biggest failure because I wasted time. And time is probably the most precious asset any person on the earth has, right? Because you, you can't buy it. So I twisted up on you. That, that, that's my biggest failure. That's actually not a bad answer. That's one of those things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> I'm sure so, you reflect on it too, right? Where yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, 
Okay, okay, okay. Because time, yeah, cause like you said, time is is not promised. Time can end at any time, you know? So I definitely understand that. I definitely understand that. So you play your you play your years, you know, you come, oh, let's go back a little bit. Now, how was the process of coming back from such a horrific in injury? Horrible. It was horrible. I mean, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. it. It was terrible. That pivotal point in my life is where I developed a true winner mentality. I always had an athlete mentality. I've always had an innate beast mode that I would tap into when the situation needed it. And I was the one that raised their hands and got called, right? For me, I believe in having willpower and going for it, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about this. Ask me the question again, because I may answer it a little different. All right. <laughs> ask, ask me the question again. What was the biggest lesson you learned in college? Oh, but before that, mm -hmm. how, how did you deal you know, with that whole mental mindset. Yeah, okay. Because I know that kind of injury is like a mental and physical, you know? Yeah, I know. And there's like a lot of ways I can go. That's why I pause because there's a mental aspect. And, and like I talked about that winner piece. I've always had the winner mentality, but I had to become so dependent on other people. As athletes, mm -hmm. we don't mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm going to navigate the answer towards that. Right. The fact that I had to go into class with a neck brace on and an absolute migraine into pretty hard chemistry classes. And I had people look at me saying, I can't even look down and take notes. I, I couldn't stay up. I was exhausted. And people gave me true empathy. They weren't giving me a crutch. They were, they were giving me empathy, but it was tough because I didn't want help, right? I can do this. I don't need your help, Yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So that's how all athletes think. All athletes think that, yeah. So that's why I paused a little bit. I want you to ask because for me, it's like, it was like a great learning, but it was such, it was terrible. I mean, there were days where I wanted to just like cry. It was just overwhelming. But mm -hmm. I didn't because I was a captain of the softball team and I had a more important role than me being in my feelings. Mm -hmm. okay. So, okay. yeah, I, that was a good question. That, that one got me a little bit because there's a <laughs> lot of ways I could go with that one. <laughs> no, I got you. No, no. I think that, uh, like you said, as far as athletes, uh, I remember when I had when I transferred uh, schools or transferred from UCLA to Long Beach State. Um, I had to sit out that year, you know, because it's not like how it is now where I could just transfer and play. Um, you know, having to sit out is just like, it was really tough at times, you know, mm -hmm. because you, you know, you're doing all the work of practicing and you're getting none of the payoff from playing. So it was a tough season for me. Struggled a lot mentally to kind of keep myself mm -hmm. motivated to go, you know, because it's like, oh yeah, it's easy to motivate when you know you got a game Tuesday or oh, yeah. game Saturday, but when you're sitting out and you're practicing hard and you're running and you're just like, damn, I, I just want to just not do this right now, I you know? know? <laughs> and you're like, wow. I, I, you know, I don't even play until seven months from now, you know? And I'm yeah. doing all this. I'm doing all these running and suicides and all this stuff. And it's just like, oh, yeah. Know. Yeah, so like I said, I give you much respect for coming back. And I remember when I, my first game back of playing, mm -hmm. I like cried, you know, I know. I cried like gave my coach like a hug, like, thank you coach for giving me another opportunity, you know? And uh, he was like, man, just get out there and play. Come on. Like he didn't think of it as nothing at yeah. the time, but I was like, I was emotional, you know, cause I was just, it was like, had been a long, a long time coming. Well, sports is, the solitude and end all be all for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. As athletes. And for me, sports, it, it's even bigger than that, right? Sports is the common global language. I don't care. I mean, you get the overseas thing, 
you get it. When you're overseas, it's uncomfortable, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're not in your routine. You have to force a new routine. And guess what? You're in someone else's culture. You need to, Mm -hmm. you need to smarten up. You need to, you know, be yourself, but also understand you're in a different system, right? And sports though, I don't care if you speak the language or not, if you're in France, if you're, you know, in China, if you're in different parts of the world, people have an emotional response to sports, even if they don't understand sports, right? So for me, we have such a responsibility as athletes being in the arena of walking the walk, which can influence someone's attitude, behaviors, what they do, what they use their time for and time so precious, right? And you don't, you could be in the same room and not have to say one word, but have the same feeling and connection because of sports. Mm-hmm. Get what I mean? Right. No, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah. It's a, sports is universal. So like, like you said, like anybody, anywhere, anytime, you know, some, when I was in Europe, you know, I didn't, it was a language barrier. I didn't speak the language. I didn't, I didn't understand like a lot of what was going on, but when I was on that court, you know. it was, it was sympathy, you know, everybody kind of knew, all right, you, when I, when they, when they learn each other, it's like, all right, you going to be here. I'm going to be here. You go there. I'm going to be there. You know? So yeah, I understand that completely. Yeah. When so, I was in, it was pretty bad. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. So you, you finished college, right? Um, what was the biggest lesson you learned in college? Work smarter, not harder. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really go ask for help. You don't have to do it on your, on your own. Asking for help is not a weakness. It's actually a strength. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I learned that pretty quickly after my neck incident, but quite honestly, if you think about it, it was my senior year. If I would have applied that concept my freshman year, my sophomore and, and junior year, where could I be? Right. And it's like, you never want to be in a position of what if. Well, that's true. That's how you know? that. That, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you have a stellar year in college, right? You basically runner up your junior year and you have a great senior year as well. Correct. I did. I did. It definitely wasn't like my junior year, man. I, oh man, I wanted it. I wanted the repeat. It was tough to get back. Right. And we're yeah. spring season and I didn't even start conditioning until January timeframe. So I was in a mad sprint of the team was working out two a days. I was doing three, four days. Mm. And I was, okay. you know, I, I, I had a responsibility, right. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I was converted as a catcher in college. I wasn't a catcher growing up, but I became it because that was what was needed. And I had to step up. And if I was going to step up, I was going to be the best at what I was going to do, period. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I knew I had to get back into that role because at that point, I was the starter. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I learned slowly, but surely when I looked left and right, there was two seniors. And at that point we had like 12 freshmen. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Rebuild so, here. Rebuild. <laughs> you know, it's so exciting because for me, it was like, how do you help, but also stay out of the way, mm-hmm. right? Let players be players, right? I, I apply the same in, in corporate America. Like if you're hiring someone or you're bringing an athlete to a position, that's because you need them in that position. Why would I micromanage that? Let them be, right? Everyone has their own way of doing it, right? And mm-hmm. you have to seamlessly feel how it gels together and see if it works or if we need to course correct and pivot. So that's kind of the role I had to take. And, you know, I think looking back, it took me away from focusing on my game a little bit, but it was what was called needed. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So you do your four years uh-huh. of school, you yep. graduate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what's next so I had this like fancy chemistry degree mm-hmm. didn't know what I was going to do with it <laughs> I was like all this struggle for what like <laughs> what am I going to do right mm-hmm. well coupled to not knowing an identity outside of sports I literally had zero years of traditional work experience I didn't have internships 
sports was life. I played year round every day, almost every day, right? So I didn't, I didn't have the ability to understand what that looked like. And for me, my goal was I want to be in the Olympics. I'm going to do what I can to get there. And it got taken out of the Olympics too, right? I mean, for a period of time. So I wasn't too sure, you know, what I, um, what I was going to do. Then the market collapse, right? You had the real estate bubble. This was like 08, 09. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Okay. It, you know, what, what was I going to do? And I said, look, I can either let this define me or I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. And luckily I said, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to do it really well. So I literally went back to Miami and I said, okay, I got to figure I, I don't know what to do. So I got my routine back, right. Started mm-hmm. working out and it hit me. I was just like, okay, hold on. I have this chemistry degree. Well, that doesn't mean I just have to be in science. Well, I can be in a pharma company. I can do med school. Paying down debt can be stressful, especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. If you're tired of juggling these due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. That way you'll just have one due date a month instead of many. And Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offices that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you chances of approval, show you choice between loan officers, and you'll likely get approved, you're likely not to get approved, to apply with more confidence. Comparing loan officers, on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit scores, and could save you money. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan officers to find you the best loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan officers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. business. I can do this. I can do that. And then I said, okay, well, what really is that common thread that I don't have that is intertwined in them all? Mm-hmm. And it really was business acumen and financial literacy. So I said, okay, hold on a minute. Well, how can I get that? And I said, well, let me go get a master's in business. So it just naturally kind of connected the dots. So I went and said, okay, what are the prereqs for it? I went and took my GMAT and I took a class at UM to learn how to take the test sometimes. You got to learn how to just take the test. Not that I didn't know the material, but it's like the combine, right? You got to learn what you need to do to look good. On your- <laughs> right? Yep. Get yep. It. So that's what I did. And then I said, okay, hold on. A learning was work, you know, smarter, not harder. So I tapped into Pit Life Skills, which is, you know, kind of our player development organization at Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm the Pelosi family kind of like set that emotion with, you know, Penny and some of the, the people at Pitt that are huge ambassadors for me. And I said, Hey, I need help. I, I don't know any connections in the MBA program, but you know, my GMAT wasn't where I wanted it to be. And uh, they got me in. And when I say they got me in, <laughs> they didn't just say, okay, you're in the program. They said, I'm going to get you someone who you need to talk to. And from that point, I was put through the ringer. I mean, multiple panels. I had zero years of work experience. You're going into a master's program and I have no work experience. You have to explain <laughs> how you're going to add value. Right. No, no, definitely. Definitely. I think I was one of, I was one of those like you. I didn't really work growing up, you know, because mm-hmm. basketball, like you said, basketball was just year round. Yeah. So like I didn't have a job. So yeah, like after school, after college, luckily for me, I got a chance to keep playing. Mm-hmm. But like when I retired it was like what kind of a work experience do I have so when I put on a resume like well I was a professional basketball player mm-hmm. so I had to get it spruced up you know to oh, where like yeah. oh life skills team hard work yep. da, 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 da. you know because it's like a situation where like okay what does that transfer into business you know mm-hmm. and that's but at that point I got the door to get in the room mm-hmm. that's the biggest takeaway right all you need is the door to get in the room as athletes, we step up. 
The difference is at that point, I knew I had athletic, you know, critical skill sets that I amassed my whole entire career. That's work experience. Quite honestly, that's more walk the walk experience than some of this traditional stuff that they do in business. And a lot of times in business, they talk in sports analogies. Well, I actually know what they mean because I did it. Like, I, I know what it's like to say, hey, I just want you to hit a single or I just need a free throw. I need you. I need you to do that. Or I need you to get this, you know, home run for me. I need you to knock it out of the park. Like, I know what that means where a lot of people around the table don't, you know? So at that point, that was the turning point where I said, hold on, I'm going to use my athlete advantage to help me succeed beyond sports here. Mm-hmm. And that's where my whole concept in changing my mentality of saying, I don't have work experience to say, oh yeah, I do. It's just called experiential learning. So let okay. me talk how you talk and let's have a conversation about how I'm going to be adding value to the program. So, mm, okay. Yeah. Now I, that, that is amazing. Cause like, it's like athletes do, that's how we have to think minds as far as business, like everything they, you know, business people talk about, not everything, but like a lot of things is mm-hmm. like sports, sports generated, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I definitely, I definitely a hundred percent agree with you on that. So obviously let's go back a little bit before you go into your business. Like you thought you was going to play in the Olympics, right? In the 20s. 20- well, that's what my goal was. Yeah. So when did you, when did you know it was just time? Like, I got to hang this up. You know, I got to try to see something different. Well, the market collapse really changed a lot of industries. So even mm-hmm. the professional arena for women's sports was struggling at that point too, right? And mm-hmm. listen, I wanted to play at the highest levels. All mm-hmm. of my goals in life were to play at the highest levels get a college degree and make it big in sports. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. I mean, for me, that was it, but I had to be honest with myself and said, hold on a minute. Can I really have a valuable career doing that or not? Right. And just women's sports and how they're paid, like that wasn't, it just wasn't there. So I had to be honest with myself on, even some of these Olympians, like they're still working regular jobs, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you have some of these professional softball players that were still working regular jobs. So no matter how I sliced and diced it, I could eat my cake cake and, you know, bake my cake and eat it too. But I still needed to figure that other thing out. So I said, I need to get the business side of the house in play to give myself the best position to be successful. And and that was, I, I didn't look back. I mean, I played 20 some years. It got me to where I was and I took it for that. So but you had a wonderful career. You yeah. Know what I'm <laughs> it was short. I felt like it was short, but <laughs> your career was way longer. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I got it got extended. It got extended, yeah. but it was the extended DVD cut, director's cut, you know, but still not as long as I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be. Just a tick longer, but it ended up being what it was. So I'm not tripping now. Yeah. What would be your best advice to the next generation? Like if you had another you at 18, right before college, what would be the best advice you would give to her? You are the brand. Nowadays, yeah. yeah. Everything you do, everything, every interaction, every, every day is an interview. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're personally talking to somebody. I don't care if you're talking to a coach, a peer, a colleague, mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. who you hang out with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you are the brand. So in order to get where you want to go, you have to be very intentional in understanding that being an athlete is a business and every day is an interview and you are the brand. So come correct, come prepared, and don't waste people's time. So. That makes a heck of a lot of sense. Gosh, mm-hmm. she everybody, she should be a motiva- motivational speaker to athletes, dude. You know, like she's a... <laughs> I've had a couple athletes say, hey, why don't you have your like snippets and then like make, you know, m- motivational stuff. I said, no, no, I'm going to come face to face. I'm going to give you a little bit of, uh, you know, some Ray Lewis and some of 
them that came, came out. <laughs> I need face to face. Yeah, I got you. I love the confidence. She, she, she exudes confidence. I love it. Like, I'm going to do the Ray Lewis, like, come in the face. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. So do you think that your transition from, like, being an athlete, student athlete, to a professional, was it a hard transition or was it was it pretty easy? Good question. So truthfully, I'm an athlete. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make it happen. Period. Mm -hmm. Right. Even if it was tough, I was going to go above and beyond. I was going to control the controllables to a point where I got whatever type of championship routine I needed to be successful. So I started harnessing what I was really good at in sports in terms of developing the right first in last out mentality, you know, the normal discipline. I changed my mentality to listen to hear, not listen to speak. Sometimes you just got to shut up and listen, right. And, mm -hmm, and take mm -hmm. order and know when you need to fall, you, you know, in, um, in line. So I kind of had that mentality and, you know, you, you talked about me having confidence. I have to have the most confidence in myself. Why? Because if I don't get it done, nobody's really going to care. No one person is that important that they deserve a medal for everything they do in life. You need to be your biggest fan. You need to do what's required to make you right because you cannot be good for someone else until you get your foundation right. So for me, I knew that. And because I knew that, I was very fortunate to say to the MBA program, you want to hire me. I'm going to tell you why you want me in your program. My first job is going to be in Fortune 100. So I'm going to be your best bet ever. And my first job out of my MBA program was a Fortune 100 company. So I was their wow. best. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm walking the walk. I said what I said, and I'm doing what I intended to do. So now it's just runway. So let's go. <laughs> As you can see, the swag is dripping off her shirt. You know, it's dripping off her shirt, folks. It's just insane. <laughs> Someone has to do it. Someone has to do it. <laughs> All right. So you, you're working for a Fortune 100 company. Now, we got to get into it. Um, you have a book, all right? And I, I believe it's going to be a bestseller. It's probably going to be on the New York Times bestselling list uh, within the next six months, right? Discuss, tell us how did, how did this whole thing come together? So I've been mentoring athletes for a really long time. And for me, it was just what you should be doing. Every athlete needs to give back. You say thank you and you give back because athletics has garnered so much for all of us in different capacities, in different ways, right? So I'm a big believer in, in having that loop back and being that door for someone else. Mm -hmm. So as I was climbing the ladder, I also was journaling all the good things, the learnings, the bad things where I tolerated problems because I started to realize I need to put it in my face a little bit more. So as I started to do that, I started to get more athletes wanting, you know, mentorship and wanting a safe space. Mm -hmm. Not just, Hey, I want you to help me. Hey, I need real help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those are two different things, right? Saying, Hey, I just need to get a job to, I really need to understand what this whole thing is about. And mm -hmm. how can I identify who I am and how do I handle my reactivity, my response in game? And then how do I translate that into an, an advantage beyond sports? Mm -hmm. And there was nothing out there, quite honestly. And as I started to mentor athletes, it started to get louder, right? And then the whole name and likeness started to come into play. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these athletes, they don't know who they can trust. You know, there's a lot of agents out there. There's a lot of people who want their peace and they'll throw money at people. And quite honestly, if you're not born and raised in money, every dollar looks great. So what's a good <laughs> opportunity versus not? Or your A1s from day one, right? Are they just staying to when you get your money, right? Like there's all these factors that are hitting you left and right. Mm -hmm. And I said, hold on. I have knowledge that I can pour into people that I've tolerated that problem and I failed, you know, fast and where I've really excelled 
And quite honestly, I was working on $10 billion merger acquisition program at like 26. I was doing big things. So I just literally decided one day after a conversation I had with an athlete and they said, you know what? Shame on you, Sam. Shame on you. If you're not hearing the voices, like you need to be doing this full time. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, you know, that was it. That was what I needed. So that at that point that I wrote the book in five weeks, I designed a site in seven weeks in parallel to working my corporate job. So I'd be up at three in the morning, do that. I never overlapped ever. I have respect for what I do and I do everything 150% or not at all. And I love what I do. So that's the struggle I've had because I love my job. It's a career. The people mm-hmm. around me are fantastic. I've been coached, mm-hmm. mentored. So can you imagine that dilemma? But the pool here is so much greater that I have a responsibility now. So much so that I'm putting my money behind it. I'm putting 150% of my time. I'm leaving a very lucrative career longer term to do that. So yeah, that's, that's where it all kind of started. Oh, see, I want to say this, rewind this, but I heard that you wrote a book in five weeks, you know, like, <laughs> I know that I was like, what, <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> so like, <laughs> that's super just crazy, successful. I love it. Um, I'm pretty sure that, you know, like athletes, you can do more than what you're doing. I'm telling you, listen to her, listen to Sam's story. Like it's insane. You know, like she's a hard worker and she's a testament of basically an athlete who puts that hard work in other things after the app, you know, after being an athlete is done, you know, hundred you know, definitely, definitely. And like I said, her, I haven't read her book yet, but I got it on my wish list, on my Amazon wish list. And she said she would send me a copy. So I'm gonna be honored. So I'm gonna definitely do both. <laughs> Listen and read, you know, so I'm I'm excited for it. And I wanna say, Sam, like I wanna say thank you so much, you know, for for coming on to the show. I mean, your journey is so crazy, you know, and uh I just appreciate it. You know, like you coming on, because like I said, she's a hard worker, folks. You know, I just I said I want to grab some of her her shine and just push just a sprinkle. Yeah, right. Just a, yeah, <laughs> just a little bit of sprinkle on me, you know, just a little bit of a sprinkle of her shine on me so I can move forward, you know. <laughs> now, what you're doing is is something that I 100 percent got behind. Uh, quite honestly, I reached out to you because you inspired me. Because what you're doing is awesome. And you got to keep going, right? You got to keep making this bigger. It's going to come because everyone needs a place where they have the opportunity to hear different stories, different ways of doing it. And for me, it's all about taking whatever piece, taking that 10% of everything we talked about today and apply it and make it your own. Leverage me, take it, be better than me, take my spot. I want you to take my spot. I want you to get the information that's going to help you be better than me period full stop like that is i'm not just saying it Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. that is what it takes for real leadership is to look left and right and bring people with you you don't want to be by yourself in this realm of success so that's that is what drives me that's what motivates me and i will be making endowments across all of the ncaa programs so i don't care if you're in d1 d2 d3 we're going to get you the funds you need to have the safe Face and community that's required at all levels. You don't just have to be power five, okay? You deserve a right to have a place where you can go and be able to, to be vulnerable, but also know that you're around the right people that can help enable you and give you that stepping stone. So that's what drives me, man. No, that makes a heck of a lot of sense, to be honest. I wish that, you know, I had that growing up. I mean, I would say this, um, now, especially with the NIL, like you said, the, the, the NIL money and things like that, you're going to get people out the woodworks and get family at the woodworks, friends at the woodworks, cousins at the woodworks where you're like, oh, yeah, we went to pre-school together way back in the day. You know, I got this business adventure or whatever. I think that what your program is, is something that athletes needs to be 
uh, it needs to be for athletes because like, like you said, we get, I think a lot of people see us as cash cows, you know? And I think that, you know, people push us into decisions that maybe we don't even want to make ourselves because they're thinking of themselves as a cat, you know, like, Oh, if he goes, like, if he goes to the NBA a year early, mm-hmm. you know, instead of staying in college one more year, maybe the college in one more year helps him. Maybe he becomes a higher draft pick. They go a year early. They might not get drafted. They get drafted really late, whatever the case is, but whatever money you're getting, the families that, you know, I know I need this, you know, I'm kind of struggling or whatever. Oh, yeah. cases. So, well, yeah, you, you have, you have that. And then you also have, well, here's, here's $500,000, but then mm-hmm. I get 10% in perpetuity going forward. And if you don't make it fine, no big deal. But if you do, I get 10%. It, it sounds great. That's a terrible deal. Perpetuity is like every year. Mm-hmm. And it, right. the duration, it's the duration, like whatever you make, wow. you get 10%. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I just, I, I want to inform people. That's it. Yeah, no, your message needs to be pushed out. Um, it needs to be pushed out to the masses. Trust me. Um, okay. Uh, at the end of every, every show, we always ask, you know, at some point in your career or, or, or life, you know, we all hit low points. Um, of life, you know, college, high school, whatever the case is, I want to say, how did you get out of your low point? And what did you do to like, you know, pump yourself up to be out of it, you know, for the, to say, you know, to get out of a situation? Yeah, it's when I, when I graduated my undergrad and I had a full blown identity crisis. I had anxiety attacks that quite honestly, I never had before. (laughs) I didn't know what any of that was but I was walking into what it felt like a black hole. It mm-hmm. felt like mm-hmm. so heavy pressure that I didn't even know how to ask for help because I had never experienced it before. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I did was, you know, I'm very fortunate that my family is my backbone. They've been my foundation and support. So I took myself back home mm-hmm. to be around a support system because that's huge to be around support for those who don't have support you know, there's, there's options for you. Right. And it's about getting back into the routine, get back into some semblance of feeling normalcy. Take it one day at a time. My big thing that I stress is one thing. I don't care that you have 20 things to do. Focus on one thing, go all in. I don't want you to go all out. All out means for a period of time, you're going to put all this energy and it may not get done. All in means you do that one thing, 150% until you get it done. Then you move on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you start simplifying, blocking and tackling, then you start seeing little success, little success. And it's those little wins that then culminate into big step change growth. And that's, that's how I did it. That's how I did it. She's amazing, isn't she, folks? <laughs> You're my amazing. hype man for life. <laughs> She's amazing. She's amazing. Well, I want to say thank you um, for coming on the show. But let's uh, give every, give the listeners where they can find you, where they can find how to get into your program, where they can find your book. Give them all the information, please. Well, we made it real easy, right? So on Amazon, uh, we have the Kindle version. We have the hardcover copy and uh we also have the audible which is my voice and i go a little rogue in it so it's definitely fun i i, I add a little spice to it so <laughs> it'll definitely be uh be a good listen and uh, i have a website it's my name samanthacard.com can't be easier than that and to get into the program right there's a lot of different opportunities out there so don't limit yourself if there's support you need you go in there you contact me i'm the one contacting you back You're not going to a little place where you're not talking directly to me. Uh, It's a one-on-one type of thing. I mean, this really is a forever thing for me and it's, it's, it's what I'm about. So give yourself the chance, ask for help. And uh, the one thing is, is if I can't do something for you, I know a lot of people who can. So please use me, leverage me and find the, where that intersection can be to help you. Uh, My Instagram is Samantha S card. So yeah, follow me. Yeah, follow her. And she, like I said, folks, she will follow you back and she will answer all the questions that you need. 
It's not her. I mean, it's her. It's not like uh, her assistant. No, <laughs> it's just her. You know what I'm saying? If and if you're in her area, please look up, look look her up because I think uh, what she's doing is something that's going to be big in the future. I, trust me. With everything that's happening right now, I know the NCAA is probably going to make some sanctions for the NIL money because right now it's kind of like the wild wild west. Oh, yeah. um, but they, you know, once once everything kind of settles down and kind of gets it to its own groove and rhythm, I think what her program um, would definitely be something that, like I said, a lot of people will be interested in. Yeah, and I, I'll I'll leave you with this. So I didn't tell you this yet. I wanted to surprise you, but on day one of uh, the hardcover, we did get bestseller. So. I I know I didn't even want to tell you, but yeah. <laughs> I told you. I I thought look, I, the way people yeah, so many people like if you look at her timeline on her Instagram, uh, it was like fifty thousand little lines where it was just people. Yes, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Like. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, for me, what what made me proud was we got number one woman in sports. We got mm-hmm. number one sports psychology. Number one softball. Number one reference. So you know, what that means is there's, there's a wide arena of hitting the mental aspects, right? I mean, the, the mental toughness and things that are put on us, like I'm going to be able to hit that head on, right. And develop programs and funding to do that, right. The sports psychology fits that too. This is not just, Hey, let me give you business tools and on, on you go. If you need more of that, more mental, you know, mental health side, that's going to be there. If you need more of the business acumen, that's going to be there. If you need the financial literacy, that's going to be there. If you need more of the agency, what is a good agent versus not, that's going to be there. So there's a lot that we can accomplish. And ultimately, I, I will build a big corporation and enterprise. And it's, it's brick by brick right now. No, no, I definitely agree with you on that. I think it's going to be super successful. And like I said, I just want to be a silent partner, you know, like I just come and come on, come on. (laughs) So, I mean, I think especially the mental side of of what you're talking about, like people don't realize how hard it is for athletes in every single genre of sports, um, men and women. And I think that, you know, for me, when I retired uh, from basketball overseas, playing professional 10 years, I was a mental struggle. I was a wreck, you know. It was a lot. I mean, people know my story. I've said it on, you know, platform many times, you know, you know, alcoholism, depression, all that kind of stuff, trying to figure out my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I ever had something in what you're, what you're building, I would have had a better, I guess you want to say landing pad oh, yeah. on my retirement to like figure out, okay, what can I do next? I've already got this business kind of going or it's maybe in the works or whatever the case is. I think that uh, what you can do for future athletes, men and women, it'll be something that can really, really, really help the future. That's the goal, man. So I'm, it's like I said, it's a forever thing. So this is not just a, this is not a hobby. It's, it's an all in. All right. All right. Well, like I said, Samantha, I would appreciate you coming on the show. Um, you can follow her on Instagram, which is. Samantha S. Card. Yep, it's really simple. <laughs> I'll put it in the description when when this comes out, so you can follow her. It's easy. All right. And want to say thank you. Like I said, if you listen this far, please like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate you as all fans, and uh, we will see you again next week. Peace. Forgot to tell everybody. I know you listen. Follow me at Travis W Reed. On Instagram, Travis W. Reed, that's R-E-E-D, Travis W. Reed.
Our partners on BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even the next season's futures. And don't forget the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source of all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and betting favorite Vegas casinos and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today and use your mobile device. Join and use our promo B-L-E-A-B. That's B-L-E-A-B. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.